your host over here, Bruna, and I got a special invitation for you. Join me and the Changemakers in the No More Boxes movement, where we are raising awareness towards this limiting and isolating behavior that we human beings are constantly doing, placing ourselves and others into boxes, invisible boxes that so often are not really serving humankind. All you have to do is to go to patreon.com forward slash no more boxes and for as little as $3 a month, you can become a change maker and be with us on that journey, changing the world. Now let's get on with that podcast. You're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools, and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, people. Have you ever tried to think outside of the box and to make a better client connections well if that has ever been your challenge i have the right audience with you today not the right audience that was so funny and i'm just gonna quit things up that are troubling me as i start the conversation here i am going to introduce to you our very best guest of the day it's simon Locke. is it Loki or Locky? it's lock it's lock okay it was either see how how perfect i am (laughs) 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 i locked that one instantly didn't i (laughs) anyway simon he actually is one of those people that came my way through the whole concept of no more boxes. And it's really been interesting as I and the Chainsmakers, we've been uh, launching the no more boxes global awareness movement, uh, talking about these limiting, isolating boxes that are all over us. And that's where magic happens. I get access. I get notification. People are showing me interesting people that absolutely are doing something phenomenally on that exactly that same project has to do with uh, boxes in one way or another. And in this case, it was one of my change makers, Leslie Grossman, who said, Runa, Simon Locke is someone you have to interview. He has this business that has to do with communications and he's really on that whole topic about thinking outside of your box, being aware of your box and even has a strategy for businesses who might be in bad places when it comes to their box. So Simon, welcome to the Chainsmakers podcast. What a joy to have you coming to us all the way from the United States. Where about in the United States are you, by the way? So I'm actually in New York. And New York. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm just delighted to be uh, with you today because uh, I think you're doing great stuff. And this whole idea of thinking out the, outside the box and recognizing that we're, in, we're actually in boxes is incredibly important. Thank you. Thank you. And I think this is something, do you agree with me saying this is a concept, that this is a challenge that I feel many of us on this planet are talking about in one way or another? And I feel personally that it, there's, this is the, the moment to do something about it. 
Tell us a little bit about you, Simon, your background. And for you, how did this concept of boxes enter your world? Well, you know, I've been thinking for 30 odd years actually around some core human principles that I think drive us. And one of them is an idea that is, I believe in sort of as human beings, one of the things that we do is seek to conserve mental energy. We have a certain amount of energy. And then actually, as we process the world around us, part of that processing is about simplifying it and reducing the amount of energy it takes to process what we see. And as a result, that simplification process tends to sort of create patterns. Mm -hmm. And the patterns, in a way, are the become boxes. They become ways to understand what's around us, save energy in the process, mental energy in the process, which we can then apply to other things. But they can also become quite restricting, and they, they can limit what we can actually see. So the key thing at the end of the day is that we have to recognize some of these patterns or the boxes if we want to think outside them. And so it's something I've been thinking about for a very long time. And in my corporate career, you know, I've always been a, I uh, was a corporate communications person for many years. I traveled around the world, uh, lived in seven countries. And I think actually that also framed my interest in and recognition of these boxes. Because I think when you've actually traveled to different places, when you speak in different languages, and you are not someone who is you're the minority in another culture, things that we wouldn't otherwise recognize become apparent. And I think one of those things is, you know, culturally we have boxed ways of thinking. There are all sorts of different things, um, but they're much more recognizable when you are actually, when you've traveled to different places and you, you've experienced the world in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Is there a certain incident that you can remember that you found yourself that you were in a box and you became aware of that? I think, interestingly enough, if I apply that to sort of my corporate career, I've always recognized from the, from the beginning, you know, when I worked in an agency, the interesting thing is that I used to look at my job and actually, frankly, always had as, you know, somehow or other we could do better, we could do more. And I could see the boundaries that a corporate culture was actually building. And in a way, that was sort of part of the recognition that I was actually thinking outside the corporate box mm -hmm. when I was questioning what it is that as an organization we were doing. Mm -hmm. And then I applied that thinking as I moved into corporate communications jobs with major financial institutions, because what I could always see was that huh, I, if I do my job exactly the way sort of it's defined, then I will only do it up to the extent of exactly the way it's defined. I'm not going to make a change. There's going to be no real difference. And people might actually be quite happy. But I always recognize that actually when we, as I think the Robert Frost thing is, when we pursue the road less traveled, we, we actually can move beyond some of the boundaries, and many of those boundaries are self-imposed. They also may be defined by what other people think you should be doing. Mm -hmm. When you recognize that, it's an incredibly powerful moment because you start to think, well, I could do A, but if I can do A plus B, that's going to be much better for my organization. It requires us to be brave. And I think yeah. that is also one of the uh, interesting things about this because you can, if you're thinking out the box, 
you're prepared to take some risks to do something that not everyone mm. really wants to do or they may be afraid to do. Yeah. Yeah, I've had several really interesting conversations about exactly that topic from one of the change makers, Margareta Kuhl, who is the founder of Courageous Leadership. She's based in Sweden, but works globally. And you're right, that courage is needed. And here's the thing that I've been thinking about. I would love to hear your input on that. Will courage come because you become emotionally attached or engaged with the project that you are working on in, inside of your company or your corporation? Does it come from there or does it come from the courage because you, you see that vision that this is what you want to see and this is where you want to take yourself in your career? What is your take on that? You know, I think, you know, now I pursued my entrepreneurial path with my company, Communications Match. Yeah. Going down that path required a vision, a vision yeah. for seeing something that maybe not everyone else could see. And having that sense of purpose that came from the vision to, again, take a big risk and go, okay, this is what I really want to do with my life. This is what I really want to do. And I'm prepared to deal with everything that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. What I think is very powerful and interesting on the entrepreneurial journey, and it's probably no different than to the journey when we sort of exploring ourselves, our, the reasons why we do things, mm -hmm. is that when you go down that path, you realize that it can be a lonely journey, but you realize that you've seen something, you're going down the path to try and realize it. The vision becomes a propellant. It pushes you forward. But actually, at the same time, it can also become a little bit of a box. Yeah. It can become a framework that actually doesn't always allow you to see the reality around you. And so it's, I, I kind of think of it as like an entrepreneurial pair, you know, set of blinkers. It's actually really important to have the vision. It's important to have the drive and everything that makes you as an entrepreneur believe that I can pursue this and make this happen. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you realize it's an entrepreneur's curse yeah, yeah. at the yeah, same yeah. time because you, you may not see everything. So mm -hmm. I've actually also thought and written about an idea of when we are going down that path, we actually start to think in tunnels, actually in, in, in a tunnel. In you're going time. down the tunnel, you're seeing the walls, and the further you go down at some point in that journey, you actually have to stop. And I, what I use is, a, is the idea that you need to go into a funnel. Mm -hmm. you, you're in a tunnel, you look up and say, oh, the walls are around me. Am I really seeing the world? Yeah. You go into a funnel and take a much broader perspective mm -hmm. and then incorporate that and keep going down. But it's basically we're creating boxes sometimes to help us move it forward because, frankly, if you didn't have that passion, mm -hmm that single-mindedness, it wouldn't get done. But there can be, a, you know, the darker yeah. side of that. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been in the entrepreneurial world uh, for most of my adulthood life, and I can absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, being an entrepreneur is, is, can give you the, the freedom that you're seeking for, can give you the space to create and, and all of those things. But I think I basically 
working on this book, the story of boxes, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I really come to see that boxes are good, bad, and ugly. And I would say, from my own experience being an entrepreneur, that can be a brilliantly good box up to a certain level. It is, I think it's when it starts to hinder me to grow. I mean, even to, for many entrepreneurs, you know how it is when many entrepreneurs at a certain level in their business, they, they basically need different skill sets into the business for the business to grow, but it's really difficult for them to acknowledge that and step back and maybe take a different role. And that, that's just a perfect example of when the box, the entrepreneurial box is no longer serving you. So I think it's the, the key is the awareness, being basically on your, taking your pulse on a regular basis. Uh, how is this working for me? Do I breathe deep breaths inside of this box? Or am I doing the <laughs> very shallow breathing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because there's basically no oxygen in here anymore. Yes. No, I, look, I'm, I think that it's totally um, true that when you're on this journey, you go down this particular path, you're so driven, you, can, you do lose sight of what can be really actually important. And I think that idea of being self-aware mm. is actually the most important thing. Yeah. Because the great thing is when you're talking about, a, when you understand there's a box, mm-hmm. when you understand your thinking is framed in a certain way, you have an opportunity to do something about it. Mm, yeah. You know, I think there were a couple of books that I read actually fairly recently that were, uh, for me, incredibly important and it's it's the robert wright books about why buddhism is true Mm -hmm. and then he wrote another book called the moral animal and it was this idea of an exploration of evolutionary psychology yeah and i always use this the two as actually bookends of thinking because the evolutionary psychology book helps one and this is where all this context you know is incredibly valuable what drives us as human beings how we've got become coded from an evolutionary standpoint into doing certain things, most of which we don't recognize or understand, is the Why Buddhism is True book actually de- goes into this point that you uh, raised, which is if you are able to step back through meditation or whatever the approach that one has to really see why we're doing things as human beings from a behavioral standpoint, we have that magic moment when you can say, huh, I can do something about this. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that is a magic moment. It is. And what a wake up. Yeah, and, and that's what we are doing with the Normal Boxes movement is to create safe space for those. <gasps> oh, that's the box that I'm in. That's the way we see it's the only way for humans to become the change that they want to see in their world. I was looking at the lean, actually, the blue ocean strategy as mm-hmm. an interesting example of being, you know, thinking outside the box, thinking yeah. about markets that haven't been done. And actually, I w- was part of a, a seminar when people were talking about blue ocean strategy. And I actually said, you know, here's an interesting thing. We're talking about blue ocean strategy, thinking outside the box. Mm. But what I can tell you and what we know as entrepreneurs and others who've been on this journey is that when you actually are thinking outside the box, you recognize that many other people are actually still in their boxes. And actually the ability then to to engage with people 
who are thinking in boxes. And, and again, it's not a value judgment, as, as you're saying. No, there, no. We recognize that we're all in different places. We recognize different things. But as the person, when you're outside, you then naturally have to think about how you engage people who are in different places. Oh, yeah, that is so good. Absolutely. That's why, Simon, I say I've started to talk about, you know, the saying that treat others like they would like to be treated. Sorry, I think that is, I'm not going to swear, but uh, it's a B. Yes. That was a peep. <laughs> because the more that I think about it, what an ego-centered way of thinking. Why on earth should I treat you, Simon, the way I want to be treated? Yes. Nothing to do with you. It all has to do with me. One of the articles I've written uh, was actually there should be no I in communications. Of exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. I in communications. Yeah. But, but it's, you know, one of the boxes that we're actually in is that box of going, I am important. I have a friend of mine who says, you know, there are 7 billion people in the world, mm. all of who think they are the center of the universe. <laughs> yeah. And from an ego standpoint, when we're thinking about the world in terms of, you know, from us and going in out to everyone else and saying, well, hey, you should really get what either what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you should, or I'm so absorbed with what I'm doing that that's all I tell anyone else, <laughs> you realize that there is a fundamental disconnect. I'll tell you a little quick story. So when I transitioned from my former corporate role into the role of being an entrepreneur, there was an adjustment involved. And I, rem I can remember that also driven by certain things. We're driven obviously by uh, whether we like it or not, by money. There's something called the scarcity principle, which yeah. pushes us down the path. And unfortunately, when, when you're making these changes at certain moments in your life for, for whatever the reasons are, we can end up very easily sabotaging ourselves because it's the ego the, is driving us and we're missing this fundamental thing which everyone else points out to us, which is it's not about what I want you to do. It's about what you want to do. Communication is about making someone does something because they want ultimately the, the most powerful exercise actually of power is when people don't know power is being exercised. Mm -hmm. The most powerful exercise of communications is, is along those lines mm -hmm. when people do things because they, they want to do it. And that means ultimately that I think this is all has to be framed around the idea of, and I know this is kind of common and it, it sounds so simple, but it's about value. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to, uh, try and communicate with someone else. If I'm going to offer a product or a service to someone else, it has to provide value. Mm -hmm. and, and we know that people bang on around this. It's like value, value, value. Well, there is something very fundamental behind the value, which is it's, I'm going to do things when it's actually in my interest in terms of being able to do it. And, and I think that is a certain magic, which is very often very hard for people to see themselves. It makes the, the concept of value, gives it a different light for sure. Yeah. So Simon, I can see the time is just flying away from us. This is so interesting. I can see so many different angles 
to this important topic. As I see you as a change maker and your communication business is, is really helping businesses to become the change as well. What do you see in the world? What is the change that you would like to see in the world? And what do you see as your role in creating that change? One of the things that I would love to see more of yeah. is for more people actually to recognize, to be a bit more open-minded. And, you know, that sounds like a very selfish, you know, self-centered thing. And it's, it also sounds kind of arrogant, but it's not intended to be arrogant. I think there is something very powerful when people are self-aware. And there's something very powerful when people are less judgmental in terms of how they see other people. And look, the reality is, is we've codified the world. We codify people by their business card. We go, oh, that person's important or that person's not important based upon the company that they're at. Someone once said to me when I, when I left a major Fortune 500 company, he said, you know, you realize, Simon, when you leave this company, you'll be nobody. And when I tell that story, people go, oh, deep intake of breath, shock. And I said, you know, for me, I never felt that I was somebody because I was at the company. Yeah. But what that moment shows is that at that moment, how others judge yeah. judges. Yeah. And I think all of us actually, just as human beings in general, benefit from having a more open mind. This ability to simplify and code the world to make it easy to understand is a fundamental driver of human behavior and yeah. what it is that's going on. But if we can have a little bit of self-awareness, all mm -hmm. of us, yeah. uh, I think it actually will make the world turn around uh, a little bit more smoothly and a little bit better for most of us. So kind of, uh, that's one of the things I would love mm -hmm. to see happen more often. But I would also say the following. That's my dream. That's what, one of the things I would like. But it's not, again, everyone has to find their path and their journey and what's mm -hmm. important to them. And I think we also need to recognize that, hey, if someone wants to live their life there in their particular way, we should celebrate that and recognize it for what it is, not what we want other people to do. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, totally, on both counts. Absolutely. And where do you see your role creating that beautiful change? You know, the way I would like to see my role in creating that change is, is ultimately through my company and making a change in the space where I actually have, you know, knowledge and expertise in the communications mm -hmm. industry, using the tools that we've built to help connect companies, to help companies find communications people that match their needs. Mm -hmm. And that sounds, again, like almost me being sort of promotional, but actually there is something much more fundamental behind it, which I think is ultimately one of the keys to being successful over the long term in business is that what drives that is I believe there are lots of incredibly talented, capable people in the industry with communications expertise. There are a lot of companies out there looking to find those people. And so if, if I can build and be successful in making those connections, helping people find each other with the skill sets that they need, that will, for me, be a very powerful thing because it's, it's doing what we're sort of talking about in terms of making connections at scale. It's a company way, the path of the company to do it, but it's a very important goal 
because it is actually quite a human thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where can people go to, to find out more about you, Simon? Where's the, what's the best way for them? Well, so the best place is to go to www.communicationsmatch.com and that's my business. And I write a lot on, in, on the Insights blog and it's one of the passions, again, that I found. It's an interesting thing. When I first started writing, people said to me, using the, the box kind of principle, they said, you should write you know, three reasons why, how to write a press release. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to write that. I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, no, I'm actually going to be interested in writing about behavior, about all of these things that drive us to do what it is we do. And the funny thing is, is by taking that path less traveled, mm-hmm. we're having a conversation today and I feel more fulfilled in terms of because I'm doing something that I think is worthwhile and I get an opportunity to meet someone that is, that is extraordinarily interesting and like-minded in terms of the broad concept as you. That's a very powerful thing. It's a, you can't plan it. You can't predict it. But if you follow your instincts and go down this path, it is amazing what happens in life. Wow. Simon, I'm going to make that your last words. Simon, thank you so much for being, I guess, our podcast to our listeners please go to runamagnus.com forward slash podcast episode 54 where you will find more about simon and links to his website and links to well a lot of other goodies so simon thank you so much thank you very much indeed it's been a great pleasure Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world.